TLDR, if you're short on time and want to hear how Bracken Darrell, Logitech CEO, is transforming forward to build a more sustainable, carbon-positive business, and also hear some of his wisdom, then here's seven minutes of his key soundbites. Now, if you do have time, you're on a run, a cycle, a drive, do check out the full episode. It's not that long. And if you're enjoying the show, please follow us, like us on your favourite podcast player, or subscribe on YouTube as it helps us grow our audience. Now, over to Bracken. Well, I grew up in a in a small town in Kentucky, Oldsboro. I uh, I had a, a single mom who my dad left when I was nine, nine or ten years old, and uh, that probably made me quite independent. And then my a whole bunch of things probably impacted me, including my siblings. But one of the things that happened in my that year when my dad left was my mom kind of fell apart, and she had uh, probably a nervous breakdown, and had four car wrecks in one year. She would come home every night and second guess. Uh, what she'd done in school that day. She was a first grade teacher and, you know, what she said to the principal and that her marriage, you know, that was over. And, and at some point in those conversations I had with her, and I imagine my siblings had them too. I don't know. Um, I said to her, you know, mom, it's, it's, you know, everything that's already happened, you, know, you obviously can't change. Um, so you should just imagine you're standing on a beach, you've got a stick in your hand and you drag that stick behind your heels Everything behind you is just to learn from. It really, you can't change it. So you should just learn from it. And then your whole life is right here. And, uh, that's, that's one of those fundamental tenets I've, I've grown up with. Not, not just don't try to look back in the past and relive it, but also this idea of continuously starting with that line in the sand behind you. You know, it's, it's a chance to start over again every, every year, every, every month, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, really having that mindset of being a beginner all the time. Uh, it reinforces a need that not the need, but just the reality that you ought to be humble. Uh, you are not, you are not your failures, uh, and you are not your successes. You know, you're, you're whatever you're going to be from here forward. Can't, we can't leave it up to governments to, to do the right thing. We're in a world where companies are global and, uh, companies have incredible resources and, and influence on their own people and on the people around them and their customers and suppliers. And you can make a massive difference. The reason I got into this business was because you can make a massive difference from, from an individual company. So why in the world wouldn't you do that um, in, in, pl- in places where justice really is not happening? Is it your job to try to seek justice in these jobs? Or is it your primary job to, to seek uh, value creation for shareholders and let society deal with the rest? I think the, the really exciting thing about that question is that I don't think you can separate at least two areas of uh, uh, two moral areas from business performance anymore. I think for certainly environmental sustainability, I think if you're not an environmental, environmentally sustainable company in the next decade, you'll be out in almost every industry. At least you'll be behind and losing, losing ground. Um, and I think on DE and I will be the same. You know, when I, when I was, uh, when I was an early CEO, I would go around to, investor meetings with a virtual picture of a of a chart that showed the power of design to transform a company's value and it it showed design companies on one line and it showed all the other companies you know thousands of industrial average on the other and and design companies got a 300 percent better return over 10 years than than non-design companies or everybody else and i think we could put the same chart up 10 years from now those that are leading the way in environmental sustainability and de and will way outperform the others. And uh, that's a leap of faith. It was a leap of faith for me on design one time ago, but I was right then and I'll be right now. I think, I think design and design thinking are not, um, 
it's not sort of a, here's what you do and then you've completed it and you're a design thinking organization. You know, I think it's a, it's a pathway to something much better for your users. And I believe for your shareholders and your employees and the planet. And, um, there are three, three areas that you really have to think about when you're, when you're designing something for, for any, any individual user. The first is what do they want? And often what you think you want, you don't really know what you want. You know, if I ask you what you want in a mouse, I'll take you a little while to come up with something, but I'll bet if I watched you and, uh, and maybe gave you some things to do and, and I'll bet I could figure out what you want even more than you could. So because I'm an expert in this, in this business, in this, in this product. So what is the desirability of the product? The second one is the viability of the product. Can you do it? Is there technology to push you out there to do that kind of thing? Um, can you do it at the cost you need to, to do that? And there's a, there, there are a couple more, but one of them that we've added is, um, is the environmental sustainability of the product. So is it good for the planet? Is it less bad than the prior version? Oh, we will get to less bad. So design for sustainability is a part of design thinking now and for good people who really believe in design in its purest form. It started with Dieter Rams, who was a great industrial designer. One of his principles of design was design should be responsible to the planet. So, so I, I think design and design thinking can really be an incredible tool for any organization. And you don't have to start with a big design team, which I do have now, but when we started, we had no, nobody. And you can start small, but, but you can make a mighty impact. And, and everybody can be a design thinker, every single person, because at the end of the day, we're all experimenters. And that's the most important part of design thinking. But I actually don't think we should use the word failure or success. I think they're really dangerous concepts. I mean, everybody seeks success, but the minute you have it, you try to protect it. You lose a lot of the independence and, and experimentation that got you there. Uh, and then failure is you know, terrible because you, you know, you, you try to avoid failure because who wants to fail? And, you know, I think these are both just learning experiences and they're, they're, they're just descriptions of something that's already happened. So I am not, what we try to do is, uh, is experiment a lot. So we have, we, we have this, this model we call trees, plants and seeds. Trees, the big businesses that are mature and, uh, this, the, the plants are fast growing businesses that we invest in. And seeds are the new ones. These are the ones that are really relevant here. The ones where we create small teams and we, we just experiment with users and try to create something that's really unique and different and powerful. And, um, we, we have between five and 20 new categories in development at a time. And they're run by sometimes just one person, often by entrepreneurs, but not always. And, um, and, you know, they, they often don't make it out of the, of the, starting blocks, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. We give people, a, we give the teams a bonus when they, if they don't make it out and we move them on to other things and we try to make it uh, not feel like a failure if it doesn't work because we're going to have a lot of those that's, uh, by design. That's the way, that's the way creativity happens as, as Ed Catmull said. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I try not to encourage kind of the off shocks. It was not the, you know, kind of humility, which is the false humility of, you know, let's not, and let's pretend we didn't do something good, you know, because it looked like we're humble, you know, what we do, we do have a value. We specifically call out, which is humility. We partner that with another value, which is hunger and drive, you know, real hunger. So the reason, but when we talk about the humility, we don't talk about it as, you know, oh, you know, yeah, we're, we're great, but you, you know, we don't feel great. You know, it wasn't, we don't talk about that. We talk about it completely as, a realization that we have a lot to learn. That's the, that's the key. It's about that's humility is based on the fact that you just don't know as much as you need to ever. Uh, 
and you have to keep striving for more understanding. Okay, that's all for now, folks. Now here's my ask of you. Please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever player you use. Also, please subscribe to our new Random Collisions newsletter. We really are working to build a global community of action takers, action engines of people that really care about the problems that need solving. Thank you very much and see you next time.